Do you have an idea, brand, concept, or business? Well, we have what you need to grow your brick-and-mortar presence. Brookfield Properties. You mean business. We mean retail. Discover new business opportunities at WeMeanRetail.com. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Pondering in Economics. This is your host, Ziyang Tui, and today we will be looking at the ultimate paradox, the curse of natural resources. Let's get to it. Why do countries succeed? What makes one nation thrive and prosper while another nation fails and suffers? Is there one particular quantifiable area that we can zoom in on and say that's what determines a country's success or failure? A popular answer, which I'm sure many of you guys are thinking of right now, is natural resources. Whether or not a country has access to natural resources must have some correlation to their success or failure, right? I'll even go a step further and say that many of the listeners right now might be thinking that readily accessible natural resources is beneficial to a country's development, or that natural resources might be one of the strongest determinants of a country's success. It makes sense. If you have lots of access to natural resources, you can fund a country's development, you can trade with other nations, overall it should be good. If so, if that's what you're thinking, you're correct and somewhat also incorrect. Let me introduce you to the phenomenon of the curse of the natural resources. The curse of natural resources, aka the resource curse, aka the paradox of plenty, refers to the idea that countries with an abundance of natural resources, such as mineral and fossil fuel deposits or fertile lands, tend to see less economic, societal, and political development in comparison to countries with fewer natural resources. In today's episode, we are going to examine this apparent curse, see if it holds true, look at over some case studies, and then look over some possible explanations for this curse. But let me first give you guys some historical context and background. In 1711, over 200 years ago, this idea of a resource curse was first observed in The Spectator. And I quote, It is generally observed that in countries with the greatest plenty that there is the poorest living. End quote. So over 200 years ago, it was seen and noted that countries with an abundance of natural resources, as noted by the countries of the greatest plenty, tended to economically not do so well, right? They were seen to have the, quote, poorest living, end quote. But this issue of a resource-related economic curse only became popular during the mid-1950s and up to the 1960s, right? This was right after World War II. During this time period, many Latin American economies suffered as there was a global drop in commodity prices despite their relative abundance of natural resources. Some researchers have argued that these economical failures were due to declining global demand and prices due to World War II, discounting the resource curse explanation. Others, however, claim that even accounting for the trends in commodity prices, 
the resource curse is, quote, a demonstrable fact, end quote. Finally, in 1993, Richard Audy, in his research paper, termed this resource curse to describe how counterintuitively countries rich in mineral resources saw lower economic growth than countries without an abundance of natural resources. In the years since, multiple researchers, including Gelb, Sachin, Warner, and Geiferson, among others, have shown and analyzed the observation that countries rich in natural resources tend to perform badly. But the real question is, does this curse actually exist? Is there actual empirical data that supports this phenomenon? Well, the IMF classifies 51 countries as resource-rich, meaning that these countries derive at least 20% of their exports or fiscal revenue from non-renewable resources. Now, of those 51 countries, 29 of them, which is over 56%, are characterized as low and low-middle income. These 29 countries generally see extreme dependence on resource wealth for various things such as fiscal revenues and export sales, low saving rates, poor growth performance, and highly volatile resource revenues, which is probably because of their dependence on resource wealth. This does, in fact, show correlation between resource abundance and economic failure. Now, if we look at richer and more economically productive countries such as the United States, Japan, Germany, and France, we see that they do not depend on natural resources and see a low natural resource contribution to their GDPs, respectively. According to the IMF, the 10 nations with the highest GDP are, in this order, the United States, China, Japan, Germany, India, France, UK, Italy, Brazil, and Canada. Now, the United States only sees a 0.473% natural resource rate contribution. China, 1.496, Japan, 0.028, Germany, 0.069, India, 2.143, you get the idea. For every single one of these top 10 GDP nations, the total natural resource rent as a percentage of GDP, which measures the contribution of natural resources to a country's economy, is below 4%, signifying that none of these economically dominant countries have a strong dependence on natural resources. On the other hand, if we look at countries with lower GDPs, such as Timor-Leste, which is ranked 160, Chad, uh, ranked 133, Suriname ranked 155, South Sudan ranked 161, and Mongolia ranked 129. We see a more substantial portion of their economy depends on natural resources, right? So Timor-Leste, they see a 31.5% uh, contribution, Chad sees a 22%, Suriname sees a, sees a 33.2%, South Sudan sees a 42.4%, Mongolia 40.5%. And this is completely different compared to the 0.473% uh, from the United States and the 0.028% from Japan or the 0.042% from France, right? Mm -hmm. Such statistics mm -hmm. and trends, however, only suggest the correlation between natural resource dependence and weak GDPs rather than proving causation. There could be many other explanations or reasons for this correlation other than just natural resources. 
For example, this negative association between natural resource shares and GDP could be a byproduct of a subtle bias slash alternative variable. Suppose we have a third variable. Let's say average altitude for this argument, right? Just, just throwing out a random third variable out there. And this third variable leads countries to experience high economic growth. So all countries with favorable um, high altitudes experience high economic growth. And this is all in this situation. And here, due to this high economic growth, the country would appear to have low shares of natural resources, not because they inherently lack natural resources, but rather that the overall economic growth of the other sectors would overshadow the natural resource sector. With similar reasoning, countries with unfavorable average altitudes, which would economically struggle, would appear to have relatively high shares of natural resources since the rest of the economy would not be improving. In this case, the negative association between natural resources and high GDP is driven by a third factor, average altitudes, rather than the faults of having an abundance of natural resources. In order to eliminate this subtle bias and third factor possibility scenario, one must either control for previous growth rates in a regression or directly control for these third factor variables. Instead of boring you guys with the math, I'm just going to say that after mm -hmm. extensive statistical analysis through various research studies, it can be accurately concluded that the curse of the natural resources is not just a statistical mirage, but actually a legitimate economic phenomenon. But why? Why is it such that natural resources, which are generally seen as a positive, are associated with poor economic growth and development? Just like how there isn't a universally accepted theory of economic growth, there is no universally accepted explanation for this natural resource curse. The most popular explanation refers to the crowding out logic, where activity X, let's say that's something that drives economic growth, is crowded out by natural resources. Then, thus, natural resources harms economic growth. However, what exactly is activity X then? Just like the natural resource curse itself, there are multiple versions slash explanations slash opinions on what activity X is. Some researchers identify X as related to traded manufacturing activities. Positive wealth shocks originating from an abundance in natural resources create excess demand for non-traded products from natural resources and hikes up um, non-traded products prices, which leads to higher non-traded input costs and wages. This squeezes profits in the trading sector, which relies on manufacturing that uses such hiked-up priced non-trading products as inputs. But they sell their products on the international market at fixed prices, right? So such sectors, right, they are in the process of creating their products. They're using higher prices inputs, but they're still selling at a fixed price are at a disadvantage, right? And the declines in trade and manufacturing will slow economic growth. Other explanations point to education as culprit X. They claim that natural resource abundance, which leads to high wages in the natural resource sector, would encourage potential such would-be investors and entrepreneurs to work in the resource sector instead, crowding out both entrepreneurship and innovation. So, after all of this, what do you guys think about the natural resource curse? 
Does the crowding out explanations make any sense? If not, why do you guys think such a counterintuitive trend occurs? Let me know your thoughts. And after all of this, thank you for joining in on our third. Do you have an idea, brand, concept, or business? Well, we have what you need to grow your brick and mortar presence. Brookfield Properties. You mean business, we mean retail. Discover new business opportunities at WeMeanRetail.com. Do you have an idea, brand, concept, or business? Well, we have what you need to grow your brick and mortar presence. Brookfield Properties. You mean business, we mean retail. Discover new business opportunities at WeMeanRetail.com.